Welcome to Flat Church Lilongwe's Inspiring Sermon Podcast, where faith meets community. Join us on a transformative journey as we explore the Word together. Stay tuned for messages that uplift and empower. Let's dive in. Thank you, Father, for your kind. Um, we thank you, Jesus, for all our days, Lord. We wish to just honor and glorify you. And I pray, Father, that may that just not be just something we're saying, but something that we are desiring uh, to move in, we're desiring to walk in. We want to just honor and glorify God's name. And God, I pray as we'll be diving into your word as well, I ask for your power and your presence, Lord. I pray, Father, may you speak to our hearts and may you move us in places that we're not willing to go. Uh, because we know that we're going to find you there. And it's better to go where you are than for us to remain in the spaces that we are comfortable in. So we look up to Jesus and we pray, Father, that as, as, as we dive into your word, that every single one of us, Lord, they will hear God's voice. That, Lord, this will be personal for them. That they'll move into something that God is calling them to move into. Uh, because it's good for their soul. Because you're calling them there. So we look up to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we read Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Go ahead and have a seat. So today I'm actually launching a sermon series uh, that we have entitled Your Life, God's Canvas. Your Life, God's Canvas. How can you embrace your life as God's painting? Every area of your life actually matters to God. There's no area of your life that does not matter to God. And often we live our lives thinking that, hey, we can uh, live a certain way when we are at a certain place, but then also live a certain way when we find ourselves in certain spaces. This is when we divide the sacred and the secular, where we find ourselves thinking that, when I am preaching or praying that I'm doing godly things, but when I am teaching in a classroom and uh, doing work in my office, then I'm not doing godly things. So therefore, I can be a certain way in that place and I can be a certain way in this space. But actually, that's not really a true representation of what Scripture calls us to be. You know, you and I, uh, Scripture tells us that we need to glorify God in everything that we do, and a bit where we are drinking, or when we are eating, or when we are in church, whatever we are doing, we need to actually glorify God. Because God gives us opportunities for us to honor Him. So when you are teaching, that's an opportunity for you to glorify God. When you are talking, that's an opportunity for you to glorify God. When you are eating, that's an opportunity for you to glorify God. When you're driving, that's an opportunity for you to glorify God, which I must confess, I'm actually speaking to myself, because yesterday I had an opportunity to glorify God 
you know, I, I did three weddings. I was wearing a collar, you know, that pastoral collar. Sometimes I wear that. So I was wearing it yesterday. And I'm driving, you know, coming around that getaway mall, roundabout, coming to church, wearing a collar. I'm driving. And if you're coming in, you know, from that direction, you see there's another road that comes on the Mchingi Road, which kind of like merges with the road that comes to church. And uh, there's this lady who was trying to badge in, you know, to, to kind of like get in. Little longer style of way of driving, you know, we sometimes don't wait, we just go in. And, you know, I'm driving, but I'm like, I'm not going to let you in, you know. I'm like, I'm just going to go through. And I, and, and, and I could see her face, like, you are a pastor. What are you doing, you know? Lost opportunity probably to glorify God, right? But there are things that we do that we feel like a certain, when I'm in this space, I can glorify God, but not when I'm in that space. But that's a, story, a distorted view of Christ. And we are hoping that in this sermon series that you could see yourself that actually your life is God's canvas. That God want to create something beautiful in your life, in your life. You know, ever felt like you don't have enough time to do everything that you want to do in a week? You know, like sometimes you start the week and you come towards the end of the week and you're like, I didn't think, I didn't, I wanted to do so much, but I just didn't have enough time to do it all. You know, like, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, it happens that not only do you feel like you don't have enough time, but you feel like you're actually running out of time and you are failing to catch up. You know, you are like too late. And I think sometimes this happens even in our lives. You know, you see an area of your life. You know who you want to be, but somehow you feel like you're running out of time or you're running late to catch up to who you want to be. Ever felt like that? You know, sometimes I feel like that, where you feel like you're just too late to be what you want to be. Or you're running late to catch up with who you want to be. And this is not just like, uh, a discrepancy or, uh, or a lack between, you know, who you are today and who you want to be. It's not only just that, but you feel like even the who you want to become, for you to get that, you feel like you're running out of time, you know. So probably maybe there will be two groups of people that feel this way, you know. The first group of people, they know that they're running out of time to be who they want to be. Or maybe they're failing to catch up. They're lagging behind to be who they want to be. But actually for them, it's not only that they're running out of time, but they feel like they cannot even ever catch up. And they feel like they can never ever even be that. So they give up. Now they begin to feel like, I don't think I can really change. And do you know that some other people don't want to change or they don't want to pursue change in their lives, not because they don't think change is good, but because this is the only thing they've ever known in their lives and it's scary for them to change. This is the only world they've ever known. This is the only world they've just embraced, they've ever embraced. And they're so scared to jump the line and to get on the other side. So they're like, not only do I feel like I'm lagging behind, but I don't even want to try. Because I, I don't know what life looks like on the other side. And then there's a lot of people in this second category where you're knowing like, hey, I'm lagging behind. But you also know that you have the ability to make up the right choice for you to change. You know it. You know you have, you can do it. Maybe you have even tested what change looks like. 
Maybe you've even tested how living that kind of life that you desire, how that tastes like and how that looks like. You have tried that before, but you're not consistent with your life. And you know, like, I want to be there. I want to be more prayerful. And I've tested probably one time what that tastes like. But I don't really, I'm not really consistent in that. I want to be generous. I'm not as generous as I want to be right now. And, 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 and I feel like I can catch up. And sometimes this could feel like you're living in a hope that there will be a day when this like crazy power is going to come on you and everything is going to change and you're going to pursue and leave out the person you want to leave out. But you've been on this road for a long time. And you're not really there. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody. And you could be here. Maybe you could be the, same, the first group where you're like, I don't know if I'm really going to change. Maybe I've tried, but I don't think I will actually get there. Or maybe you're in the second group where you're like, I know I have got the power to make the right choice. But for some reason, I am not there. I feel like I'm running out of time. Now, I've got good news. The good news is that you are caught by a God who is never restricted by time. You've got a God who is timeless. And this God gives you hope through his son, Jesus. And the invitation is that for you and I, we would live more towards the direction of our hope rather than towards the stories that we tell ourselves, which begin to draw us in spaces that we are not proud of. And this is why in this passage... There's a call in our lives because your reality or our reality is that we've got a choice to either be looking more like our world or be, be looking more like Jesus. Those are the choices that we've got. And you cannot do both. You cannot look more like your world, but also at the same time look more like Jesus. You cannot do it. You're going to do one or the other. Now, Paul in this passage is actually calling us to, to help us really understand what does it look like for you to be a, someone who is committed to Jesus. How does that life look like of someone who is truly committed to Jesus Christ? And then there's a few minutes. I want to just kind of like highlight a few things that are coming up in this passage. So Paul says, number one, you are called to be a Christian not by name but by your life. You are called to be a Christian not by name but by your life. Verse 6 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Just as you have received now because you say you're a believer, now because you say you're a Christian, now because you say you have given your life to Christ, then I want to urge you to continue living your life in him. That's Paul's call that being called a Christian is not enough if, if this is not presented even in your own life. Because the word Christian actually came from a group of people who observed another group of people that they, they, they saw them and be like, you know what, their actions and the way they say things and the way they do things, they look like that guy, Jesus. They're looking like Christ. They're looking like him. And that's, that's why they started calling them Christians. Because Christian actually literally means Christ-like. To be like Jesus. So Paul says, as you have received Jesus, you need to continue living 
in him. In other words, let the life of Jesus show up in your life. That's the invitation. Your commitment to Jesus means that you are also allowing Jesus to manifest his life through you. That's what you're doing. So he says, every single day, as you have committed your life to Jesus, then also you have to continue to live in him. That means if you're going to debt, debt like a Christian, but not just by name, but by your life. If you can have relationships, have relationships as a Christian, but not the one who just called by name, but even in their own life. If you're going to do business, do business as a Christian, but not one who just called by name, but even your life will testify that you are a Christian. When you're hanging out with people, hang out with people as a Christian, but not as one who's just called by name, but even in your own life, even in your own life, you got to be willing to let the life of Jesus manifest through you. Manifest through you. And you and I, every single day, we are called to be like Jesus. And therefore, we don't need to present a different kind, you know, uh, personality of us in one area. And then you come to church and you're looking different and you're sounding different. That's not your call. You belong to God every single day, no matter where you are. You belong to God. You never stop belonging to God. You never stop belonging to God. And I think some of us don't even want to consider to live like God calls us to live like uh, because maybe we are like struggling with live either being a Christian or being normal. You know, either I'm going to be a Christian or I'm going to be normal. Uh, you know, also because like, you know, some other people have presented like being a Christian is, is weird, you know. So like, how are you doing? Oh, I am blessed. I don't know how about you. How are you doing? I'm highly favored. I don't know about you, brother. I'm highly favored. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. Is that weird? I think it is. Most people, people that don't really understand what we're saying. So other people are like, I don't want to be weird. I want to be normal. And I want to just, you know, live my life. And actually, in the, in the normalcy, in the ordinary life, Jesus calls you, he wants you to live, to live out his life right there, right where you are, you know. It's not the way you speak. It's actually in the way your life shows up. Is your life putting Christ on full display? Is it happening for you? Is it happening for you? And if not, why not? You know, for some of us, it's because we are living for the applause, you know, of others. We want people to applaud our lives, to think that we are awesome, you are amazing. Oh, good job. And therefore, we are bound by that need for in uh, applause, you know, by that need for people to affirm us. So we don't want to show anything else that's going to push people away. So we want to just live our life as though we are not really called by God. But there's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. And Jesus wants you to live your life in a way that's going to put him on display for others to see, for others to experience him. So you're not called a Christian just to be called a Christian. But even your own life has to represent, your own life has to reflect Christ to the world. It has to reflect Christ, you know, to the world. And, you know, when we talk about this, um, sometimes people feel like, hey, I, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what that life will look like. And I don't know if I want to actually pursue that. Because maybe it might say, send a different message to the world. Or maybe people will see the, the, you know, um, the things I like in my life. Or maybe people will see that, hey, I'm, I'm not really there yet. So people will see these inadequacies in my life. But God is not calling you to be a perfect. That's not the call. God is calling you to be a follower of Jesus. Somebody who is learning from God. Somebody who is learning from Jesus. That's God's call on your life. So if you were to think of your situation, what would this look like for you? How would it look like to reflect Jesus where you are? Where you are in your life. How would that look like? And if you were to take a step towards that, what would that step look like for you? What would that look like for you? That's a question for you to consider. Your commitment to Jesus means that you're not just called a Christian by name, but even your life will show it. Number two, your commitment to Jesus means that you are called to be alive. You're called to be alive. Verse six again. So then, just as you received Jesus, Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. Before you were a Christian, the Bible describes you, describes me, before we were believers, that we were actually spiritually dead. We had no connection with God. We, were, we had enmity with God. There was a big separation between us and God, and we couldn't even consider things of God. We were dead spiritually. There was no life in us. But the day that you gave your life to Jesus... The day that you invited Jesus in your heart, that you can have a connection with him. That day, you became alive. You were resurrected that day. That means something new was birthed in you. And now there's a newness in you. There's a new life in you. The old is gone and behold, the new has come. This means this new life is no longer informed by the old. It's no longer informed by your old mistakes. No, not at all. This life is now informed by God's spirit, by Jesus. And actually Ephesians talks about this, Ephesians 2, that we were dead, but now we've been made alive in Jesus. You are now alive in Christ. And now because you are alive, that means your direction needs to change because now you have a new destiny. You're no longer the same person. You are now a different person. So Paul is actually encouraging us in this passage that you've been made alive and therefore live as one who has been made alive. For, for some of us, we are living as though we are still dead. And it's like, no, 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 no. Do not live in that space. You're no longer dead. You are now alive. So experience this new life. And others will also experience this new life in you. And Paul's encouragement here is not like go somewhere else for you to be alive, to become alive, or to experience this new life. No, no, no. God has already given you this. And in fact, our walk in God is a discovery of the life that Christ has given us. A discovery of what God has already deposited in our lives. Where we continue to dig in so that we can become alive in God. That means you are allowing the life of Christ to flow through you, 
to, throw, to flow through you. And there's a law that God has put in you. To be alive means that you, you're willing to experience God. To be alive, it means that you're choosing to experience how powerful God is. Because until you're willing to leave, you're not going to truly experience God fully. Because the reality is that when you go to God, when you go to Jesus, you will find out that Jesus doesn't only give you life, but you'll find that he is life. That Jesus is life. That God is the life you've been looking for. He is life. Now, for some of us, are like, I don't want to be alive. And because maybe we, we think, you know, the life of following God and living out your purpose is like restrictive and boring and all of that. But actually, you're more freer when you move towards the direction of God than when you don't. You're more at peace when you move towards the direction of God than when you don't. Being alive actually literally means living God's way. Just choosing God's way. That's what it is. Choosing God's way. So are you willing to choose God's way? And when you choose God's way, you know, there are times, you know, when it's going to call you into places that you're uncomfortable. It's going to be audacious. But you have to choose God's way anyway. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, I was in America visiting some friends there. And uh, this friend of mine uh, paid for a couple hundred dollars to get me into this park called SeaWorld. So he took me there and we, uh, we went uh, into this uh, space. Beautiful place. But when we got there, you know, uh, they had just set up this crazy roller coaster, super, super high. And uh, this guy said, we're going to start with that. So I'm like, you know, if you know me, I love my ground. And I am so afraid of heights. I, I want to, you know, put my feet on the ground. And I'm like, dude, are you sure about this? You're like, we're going to start with this. Now, this guy paid a couple hundred dollars. I'm not going to refuse him, but I'm terrified. You know, I'm like thinking, am I really going to do this? So we walk in and you sit on the seat. What is you sit on the seat of a roller coaster? You're done. You're not going to return. You know, you're, you're here now. And this thing goes for just one minute. It's a massive thing, but it only goes for one minute. So you can only imagine how fast this thing is. And it starts we go and we start climbing up and then it goes down again to gain momentum so that it can climb this steep space. And we go and my feet are like dangling in the air and I'm thinking, what have I just done? You know, I cannot believe I'm dying today. Like this is crazy. And it, this thing turns you upside down, your feet dangling in the air. And that was the longest one minute of my life. But you know, I get off this roller coaster and I'm out. I'm shaking, you know, a bit. But I have like these two conflicting feelings of like scared and thrill at the same time. The feeling of being alive, you know, in that space. The feeling that you cannot probably feel unless you put yourself in that space, you know. And for you to get through, sometimes you got to be in the face of danger. You know, you got to be in that space. Now, there are some of you that do this. Just, you know, just like that, because you are adrenaline junkies. I don't get you guys. But you have a choice. Either you're going to be alive, or you're going to be apathetic. 
either you're going to be alive or you're going to live your life of indifference. But you've got a choice. Are you willing to embrace your calling? Are you willing to embrace your purpose? Are you willing to go to a place where God is calling you to? And just because God is calling you there doesn't mean it will not be dangerous. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be scared there. It doesn't mean you will not meet difficulties there. You will. But it's better to go there. It's better to go where God is calling you. Now, I'm going to put some warning here. Some of you, when you choose to embrace the life that God is calling you to embrace, some of you are going to lose people, are going to lose friends. Some of you are going to lose friends. Because there are people in your life that like you for where you are now. But they're not going to be happy for you to embrace who you're becoming. Because they don't want you to go there. But you got to go there anyway. Some of you are going to say to your drinking buddies like, I'm done with this. And they, they're not going to like who you're becoming. So you're going to lose some people. Some people are like, oh, you used to be fun, but you're no longer fun anymore. It's because you are choosing to embrace God's way. You are choosing to truly be alive in God. Some of you, you're going to realize that actually I have a new path now. So you're going to let go of old passions because you are living for God. Because you're going to realize that this, these old passions can no longer accommodate who you're becoming. You're becoming something better, something amazing. And therefore, you've got to lay them down. You've got to let them go. Some of we other people will see you as a threat because you're choosing God's way. But you've got to choose it anyway. You've got to choose it anyway. You've got to be alive. Do not conform. Do not conform. Do not just be like everybody else. Do not just live your life like everyone else. God is calling you to be alive. And sometimes that means being way, way different than the world wants you to be. Number three, being committed to Jesus means you are called to move in the direction of Jesus rather than in the direction of your fears. Being committed to Jesus means that you are called to move in the direction of Jesus rather than in the direction of your fears. Verse 8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Make sure that you are not under the bondage of deceptive philosophy. Do not let anyone, Paul says, take you captive. Do not let anyone take you captive. Now, one of the reasons why we are taken captive by deceptive philosophy is not because it's good there or it's better there, but it's just because we are so afraid. We are gripped by fear to choose the opposite. We are so gripped by fear to choose the opposite. Because you're living your life thinking, if I don't buy into what everybody else is buying, they all stand out. And I don't want to stand out. If I don't buy what everybody else is buying, then I'll be noticed. And I don't want to be noticed. I'd rather remain anonymous. I would rather be or look like everybody else. 
Because if I don't reject this, then I'll not be noticed. But if I reject it, then I'm going to stand out and people will begin to notice. So you want, you want to conform because you're so afraid. You're so afraid. You're like, I'd rather do what everybody else is doing in my job because I think it's better there. And some, some, sometimes we jump or we embrace this notion thinking that when we live according to our fears, we're going to be safe there. We're going to be safe there. We think like, if I do what my boss is telling me, even though I know it's illegal, but my job will be secured. So it's better to secure my job than to follow God. Because you feel like you'll be safe there. Or if, if, if I conform to my boyfriend's desire to sleep with me before I get married, I'll still keep my relationship. So I'm safe there. So I don't want to choose God's way. I want to be safe. If I don't do this corrupt act, then they'll kick me out of my house. So I'd rather do this so I can get what I want. Because I'll feel safe having my house than being kicked out of my house. If I don't do business the way everybody else is doing it, then I'll lose it. So you're thinking that when you follow your fears, you're going to be safe there. But actually Paul's invitation, when he says make sure that you're not kept under bondage, what he's saying there is that you are not invited to safety, but you're actually invited to freedom. You are invited to freedom. Being safe doesn't mean being free. Not at all. And sometimes you can move towards the direction of fears and probably feel like you are safe. But the reality is that you are bonded. You are in bondage. You are in captive. And God is calling you to be free. And if you're going to be free, that means your desire to be free needs to supersede your desire or your need to feel safe. If you really can embrace freedom, because freedom is always going in the direction of courage, not in the direction of like just feeling safe. Freedom is for the courageous. That's what it is. So Paul says, do not be under captive, choose freedom. Do not be under captive, choose freedom, be free. Because freedom is never going to be found in the direction of your fears, but actually in the direction of your courage. And that's where Jesus is at. That's where Jesus works. That's where Jesus brings his beauty there. And I'm reminded of Jesus when he was about to be crucified, he goes into this garden, the garden of Gethsemane. And he is terrified. The scripture talks about like he was sweating blood. That's how terrified. You know, other people want to like downplay that. No, he was not scared or whatever. He was, you know. He says, Father, if it's possible, remove this cup away from me. A.K.A., can we please do this another way? Can we please do this another way, God? Can you not please let me... Go through that. Can we please do it another way? He was so terrified. But then he says a statement where he says, but not my will, but your will. Not mine, God. Not my will, but your 
will. Jesus Christ forgo his fears and chose the way of freedom because he knew that there will be people, there will be you and I that need that freedom. And he chose our freedom above his fear. He chose his freedom. Now, Jesus, in Matthew 16, verse 24, he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must be willing to carry your cross. To carry your cross. And some of us, we want to carry the cross, but we don't want to be scared in carrying that cross. If Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect human being, when he was faced with the cross, he asked, can we do this another way? He was conflicted. How about us? Uh, you know, when we think about the cross, uh, you know, we think about the cross because we, we wear crosses on our necks, right? Like putting the cross here, it's like a nice symbol, and we put it in our homes and stuff like that. You know, we put it in churches. But you know, in those days, if you would see anybody was carrying a cross on the street, you knew what was coming for them. What was coming for them was only one thing, and that was death. They were going to die. That's what it was. In today's language, carry a cross, you can translate it as carry your electric chair. Carry your lethal injection. And you know one thing that's coming is death. You cannot carry the cross at the same time elevate your need for safety. Because it's not safe to carry the cross. Because the cross itself actually presents death. But you're better off to carry the cross because it is on the cross where freedom is at. You're better off to carry the cross and move in the direction of Jesus because there, that's where it's better. So for you, if you were to do a courageous thing today and move away from the direction of your fears and move towards the direction of Jesus where courage is, what would courage look like for you today? For some of us, courage is to forgive our mom. For some of us, courage is to forgive our spouse. Or maybe forgive your boss. Or forgive your friend. Maybe that's a courageous thing you could do today. For some of us, courage is saying no. Maybe we've got to say no to that thing. For some of us, courage is saying yes. We've got to say yes. For some of us, you know, courage is asking for help. Can you please help me? I need help. Can you move with me? How can courage look like for you? Today, uh, maybe we just call it this weekend, I guess. It's, this is Remembrance Week, yeah? UK, guys, yeah? Um, and I, actually, by gateway here, I've been, we've been meeting soldiers, Malawian soldiers who are selling the poppies. Have you guys bought, yeah? Maybe any, some of you bought those, gateway? I've been, and I, I bought a couple of those this week. Uh, but you know, like in a Remembrance Day, World War One, people who died in World War One, I'm like, how did this concern me? You know, blah blah blah. But then um, last year, I was actually in, in the UK, uh, and you know, this this came up. It was just this season, and uh, somebody said, "Hey, you guys, uh, remember? Uh, you know, you guys uh, remember this day as well? Um, can you share with the church? You know, why you guys remember it?" And I'm like, really? 
So then thank God for ChatGBT and, and uh, you know, Wikipedia. I'm like, let me Google why, you know, were we involved and we were as Malawians. Because remember, we're under the British colony. And, you know, over 200,000 soldiers lost their lives, Malawians, eh? In the World War I. Over 20,000. Of course, our hand was being twisted at the same time that, you know, we could lose our funding if we don't get ourselves involved and stuff like that. That's a whole another thing. But you know, there are men and women who lost their lives because for them, they were never concerned about safety, but about freedom. Actually, let's just take a moment for Remembers Day. Just take a moment. Just keep your eyes closed. Your freedom is not where your fear is, but where your courage is. Do not sacrifice your freedom at the altar of feeling safe. Do not sacrifice your freedom at the altar of feeling safe. Jesus wants you to be alive. Now, you could be here as I've been speaking. And maybe you're just seeing your life and you're seeing the mistakes that you've made. Maybe even this week and you're just like, man, my life is messed up. I'm not living like God is calling me to live. And maybe you're seeing that gap of who you are today and who you want to be just widening. And it's a massive chasm for you. And maybe you're giving up hope if you ever change. But I've got good news for you. The good news is that Jesus is for you. The good news is that the life that God calls you to live is not the life that you're going to manufacture yourself, but it's the life that Christ births in you through his Holy Spirit. And Jesus is full of compassion and kindness. And he's gracious. And he's willing to help you even right now. I wanted to just take a moment where you can just pray for yourself that God help me to live a life that you want me to live. Spirit of God, help me to move more in the direction of my freedom and away from my fears. Just offer that prayer to God and you know what that means for you. Maybe for some of you already know where God is calling you. Just pray that God help me that I could move more in the direction of my calling. Help me, God. Just pray that prayer for you. Just pray that simple prayer for you. Just pray that simple prayer for you. And you could be here today. Maybe you have never really crossed that line of faith. You could be here today and your life is very far from Jesus. So when Paul says, just as then you gave your life to Jesus and you're like, I don't know what that means. I've never really given my life to Jesus. You don't have a relationship with God. You have no connection with Jesus at all. You know, Jesus calls you right now, right this moment. And he wants to have a connection with you. He wants to have a connection with you. And I want you to just take a bold step. Maybe for some of you this could be scary. But remember your freedom is in the direction of the carriage that you're going to take even right this moment. I want you to just take a bold step where you can just pray a prayer where you're offering your life to Jesus. Just pray this simple prayer that Jesus, 
I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Just pray that prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. If you want to cross that line of faith, if you want to have a connection with Jesus, just pray that simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Because he is for you. He is for you. And if you have prayed that prayer, I want to just pray for you. Maybe just raise your hand. If you have prayed that prayer where you're saying, Jesus, I give you my life, just raise your hand. I want to just pray for you. Praise God. I want to just pray for you. If there is anybody else, yes, just lift your hand. Praise God. Jesus, I pray for these men and women. I pray, Father God Almighty, for these guys. I pray that may they move knowing that God is for them, that they are loved by God, that their past can no longer define them, that their old life can no longer define them. Now they're defined by Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you help them to live a life that you want them to live, a life of honoring God, a life of honoring Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray, may you help them to follow you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we just give glory to God for those that have responded to Jesus, for he is good. We're going to have prayer counselors around. And at any point, whether it could be now or maybe even at the end of the gathering, feel free to go to our, to our prayer counselors. Uh, They're willing to pray for you. If you have given your life to Jesus also, feel free to go there as well. May we stand as we worship God uh, one more time. Stand worship God one more time. Yeah, we have prayer counselors around. They're wearing nannies. Feel free to go to them. Praise God.